Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful, sunshiny day. Thank you that we can be inside today to be hearing this particular presentation. As we have assembled lay people representing the different parts of the field here in Michigan Conference, we especially pray for their work in personal ministries and prison ministry specifically. Please now bless Rod, all the presentations, be with the people who are listening and the people who will be listening to this recording. Lord, help all of it to be a blessing and to further your work and by your grace to hasten your coming. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go for it, Brother Roy. Okay. All right. I'm just glad you're all here. And uh, the small group, but you're here for a reason. You wanted to come and hear this. And uh, it is great. I got started in this about five or six years ago. Um, so I don't have, there's a lot of people have been doing it for 20, 30 years. And... Uh, Somebody called the conference office. Justin was my pastor at the time right. in Lansing. Somebody called the office and said, uh, the folks down in Coldwater, Lakeland Prison, that area, need some help, a little support. So I don't know how it filtered down to me, and I, I thought, ah, the pastor's going. I'll just, prison ministry never been on my radar screen. Yeah, you know, I'd heard about it, read about it, and I thought, it takes somebody really special to do that. That, wow, you know. Just the thought of it, I thought, oh, that's kind of scary. And I thought, well, the pastor's going, what could, what could happen? What could go wrong? You know? <laughs> I don't have to do anything, right? But uh, at first time, as we sat in a room about this size, maybe a little smaller, in a big circle, with maybe 15, 16 inmates, and uh, I got bitten by the Holy Spirit bug that this is really something. And uh, so I've been... Uh, <laughs> Went down there probably half a dozen times, and then they got on their feet again down there. <clears throat> and a gal named Cindy Smith, I don't know if you met her. Uh, she was a, a leader down there uh, from the Coldwater Church. She says, well, Rod, there's, there's an opening up in the Jackson prisons up there. There's three big facilities up in Jackson. Probably between three and 4,000 inmates up there. And I thought, oh, I have to go in by myself. Oh. I wonder who the Lord's going to get to do that. <laughs> Certainly not me. But the Holy Spirit kept prompting me. So, uh, and I'll explain a little bit. You have to go through a background check and orientation. It's all the state of Michigan, Michigan Department of Corrections, but everyone is a little different. And uh, the rest is history. And uh, um, So anyway, Sunday Adventists, we, we pride ourselves that we are in almost every country in the world. How many, I mean, there's only six or seven that we're not in, right? And hundreds of different languages, right? And it isn't anything about us. It's about what God has, has done through us. It's what God can do through you. And, and, and what he's done through me, the lowest of the, you know, never thought of doing this. But... Uh, even though we're in all these countries and all these languages, there's about 40,000 men and women right here in this state that are forgotten. Pretty much forgotten. There's a ministry out there called Forgotten Man Ministry. It's not Adventist, but it does a good work. And um, so unless you know somebody, have some of you know or a loved one that's been incarcerated, it's, it's pretty much off your radar screen. Is, is anybody here doing any prison ministry of some kind? Okay, what, what are you doing? Tell me. 
in Florida, my husband and I are involved in it. There's a maximum security prison near where we live, and uh, our church goes there. Okay. And you do Bible studies, church service? We do a church, we do a, there's a maximum security in that, uh, they call it a work camp in the evening. We just do a, usually we do a video and then we talk. Okay. That, well, that works. That'll work. Service. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, men are grateful for whatever you do. Okay. They're very expressive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're saying maximum security. I think Michigan does it in levels like level one, two, three, four, depending on how they behave. And uh, hi. Hi. So, uh, yeah, we're mainly in level one areas. But let me, let me tell you a story. I kind of stumbled onto that. Uh, the reason we want to get coordinated, there's a guy who's been in and out of prison a lot yeah. right there. Because he worked in one for years. And he still does prison ministry. He actually he got paid to go in, and now he does it for free, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 So anyway, one of the reasons why I've been working with Cameron <coughs> is there's different people in the state doing prison ministry. But I have no idea who they are, and they don't have any idea who I am, and I don't know what they're doing, and, and they don't know what I'm doing, and how do you reach this group, and et cetera. You know what I'm, what I'm talking about. You know, if you're doing vacation Bible school, the conference puts out all kinds of stuff, you know, and, and, and uh, you coordinate together. Let me tell you why we want to get connected. Here's a classic example, and this happened just about a year ago. The Adventist Book Center down in Lansing got a letter from an inmate uh, from Ionia, Bellamy Creek. That's where uh, Billy Ray goes. And in the letter, and it, in the letter, Vicky, you know, they were requesting any kind of literature. So Vicky, uh, uh, Vicky, uh, yeah, Vicky, from ABC knew that I did prison ministry, because we all go to the uh, Lansing Church. So she gave me the letter. You know, what you want to do anything with this? I read the letter, and, and, and this guy was a level, he was in level four, where you or somebody else, one of the other guys is going into now. Yeah. What's a level four? Level four is they don't play well with others. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, when you're newly convicted, let's say you kill somebody, you can, you'll go in as a level four, and whether if your behavior is bad, you'll go up in security level. And after a time, when you're you've proven yourself and uh, your security level and your time goes down, you can you can go down to a level two. There's no level threes, yeah. and uh, I guess probably a, a murderer wouldn't be able to be a level one. They they always lowest they can go as level. Yeah. Two. Yeah. But you might. It's, it has a lot to do with the time. You know, like yeah. if you got 15 years, you'll, you'll go to a level four. Yeah. So anyway, this guy uh, wrote, and he he said, "We got a small Adventist group. I think five or six guys. You had to have five to be considered a church a meeting. Anything below five, they won't they won't let you meet together." He said, "We've got five guys. We want to study. So." I wasn't uh, going in there at the time, 
and especially in the level four. But I knew Billy and Gary Knowlton and uh, I can't think of the other guy. Mike Briggs. Mike, yeah, we're going in to the level one area. So I handed it off to Gary and to Billy. What can you do with this? Can you help these guys? But because of that, because of Vicky knew that I knew that I and I knew there's now a Bible study going on in the level four area. Uh, and, and that's why we, we really need to get coordinated. And, uh, and that, that's, I have people call me. Uh, I have a son, brother, husband, uh, a, a mother, a sister incarcerated. Uh, what can you do? Uh, as a volunteer, I don't know about in Florida, I didn't ask you what you did, where, where you're at, and what you, you said you were in prison ministry. I am in nearly every prison in Michigan. Good. But I do it through the mail. Okay. And I am specific to Native Americans, although I do have, on my mailing list, I probably have 30. Good. So Good. That, that, that's a wonderful way. Some of them are. What's the, the, Diana Inman? Uh, I think my wife is, I've seen memo to herself called yeah. Diana. Oh, A lot of inmates will go. Ten years, never get a letter from outside, from anybody. No contact, no visitors. I've got a guy now who is seeing evil spirits. He's gone through the Bible studies and stuff. Mm -hmm. He knows they're evil. He knows there's good and bad, you know. And he said these are specifically evil spirits that come and hang around his cell at night and just harass him. Mm -hmm. I told him I would have a pastor come in and he said, I can't do that right now. Mm. Says, I don't know how I could react because I haven't seen anybody outside because I'm a teacher. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's just afraid to have somebody come in and think he's weird or something because he doesn't know. Different. He doesn't know how to relate to people. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. After 17 years, he's just programmed. Uh, there was a, a fellow in the, in the first group, the first time we went in, we went around a circle, and he said, he was sitting right over there, like, and he said, I've been in prison 38 years, and, and my life has been miserable. And, and, but he's, he's out. At 40 years, they released him. He was the most spiritual, articulate man in the group. He really was. But uh, anyway, um, I, get, I get sidetracked. I'm going on a little rabbit trails here. But anyway... As a volunteer, what, what I do, and Rich does, Rich Holt and Billy Ray does, we are volunteers. For, and I know different states do it differently. Uh, what you have to do to be a volunteer is, and I've got all the paperwork right here to give anybody who wants it. You fill out a background check. You send it into uh, probably the chaplain for that particular facility that you want to go into. And... Uh, they do the background check on you, and they say, yay or nay. And I've had more than one or two turned down. If, if you've had a, hi, welcome. If you've had a speeding ticket, you didn't pay. Thank, thanks for coming, Justin. This is, a, this is one of the ministries that Jesus specifically mentions in Matthew 25. And I'm just so thrilled that we're starting to get this pulled together and have a... Uh, cooperation between the lady and the ministry to have a coordinated effort to reach those that have been unreached yes. right in our backyards. So the laity is where it's at, isn't it? Amen. 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 Okay. Thankful. I'm thankful for good leaders, so too. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Okay, where was I? Okay, we were getting the background check. And, and uh, uh, if, if Rich and Billy pass it, I'm sure you guys can. And uh, you go in for orientation, which is usually through the chaplain. You get your picture taken. And uh, now in Michigan, it's a centralized computer in Lansing. And you just walk in, hand them your driver's license, and anyway, go in. Uh, what do we do? And, and uh, we go in Sabbath afternoons. I think Billy goes in uh, Thursday nights. And uh, our group does a, a, like a church service, kind of. But we talk a lot. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of feedback. You don't have, it isn't like standing up in church and doing a sermon. These people are willing to talk. They want to talk. Most of them are friendly. <laughs> um, I have never felt threatened, if, if that means anything. Never felt threatened. And for you ladies, there's, only, there's one uh, woman's prison in, in the state, Huron Valley. And I hear it's pretty overcrowded. And uh, I'm sure that they need some support. You talk about the safety with the PPE. Oh, yeah, yeah. You get a personal protection device, a little pager, you push a button. Probably after, you know, if somebody, you walk through the yard with a thousand prisoners in there and one guard with you. So, I mean, you know, they're going to kill you, you know, if they want to. <laughs> you can push it just, you know, in your last gasp if you want. But I've never felt threatened. Yeah. And uh, Cooper Street, where we go, is, is a level one security. And uh, before I go any farther and, and get rattling on here, I would like Rich from Lansing Church, if you just want to say something about what it means to you, what it means to the men, how rewarding it is. If, you, if just, Rich. This is Rich Holtz from Lansing Church. It's interesting. Um, like I say, I've never felt threatened or whatever. I mean, these people are just glad to see anybody from the outside. One thing that I have noticed, you know, sometimes it's kind of difficult because with us, we have a life. Things change, things happen, life moves on. But with these guys, their life doesn't change from one day to the next. And so, you know, and they want to know what, it, what it's like on the outside. They, they have, some of these guys have no idea. They've been in for 30 years, 40 years, and you look at the way technology has changed, they don't even know what these things are. They're scared to death and, of themselves. Yeah, and, but, it, but it, it's great. I mean, they just, they just are glad that you're there to, to see them. Um, you know, you can either put together a program and talk, or you can go ahead and sit there, and sometimes we just do the Sabbath school lesson, sometimes you put together a thought, sometimes, you know, you just roll with it. If they've got something that they want to talk about, then I, I go that direction, and like I said, they're, they, they couldn't be nicer and happier to, to see you. What's it do for you? <laughs> um... I, you know, I thought about what, what Justin said before. You know, that, that is one of the things that Jesus said. You know, when I was in prison, you visited me. And, you know, sometimes it's easy to get real busy and and not do that. But for me, it's a blessing to be with these guys, too, and just see um, how they how they respond. You know, and it's like, to me, it, it doesn't seem like anything. You know, I mean, I'm just going and sharing an hour. And they'll, they'll huh? Yeah, but the I'm a, I go to Cotton, and uh, that one you've got 45 minutes. Boom, boom. <laughs> there, there, there is no leisure time with that, and so they just. In that facility. Yeah, they just. I don't know. It's 
it's real it's it's cool going and knowing that you made a difference in somebody's life and they they're they're glad to see you okay. well i'm involved a little more than i thought i ever would be because uh thought you'd just be going in and doing the bible studies and that was it but we had a guy that paroled and he paroled to uh mount com county where this, this school is in mount com county and he was uh in greenville there he's old can't have c and he had to get from greenville to stanton which is probably 15 miles or more every tuesday he could get a ride there but then he needed a ride home and so have to go up and pick him up from his parole officer, take him back to Greenville. They're very grateful. Finally got his parole to Grand Rapids where they have public transportation because in Greenville, there's no dialer ride, there's no cabs. And you're talking about a, a hard place to, to be under the circumstances where if you don't get there, they could put you back in prison. You know, and so we we made sure that he got back and forth. But now he's in Greenville. I just saw him a couple of weeks ago. He's He's really still grateful that we were able to do that and this one guy he's, he was telling us he says i really love you guys you know and not in any kind of freaky kind of way <laughs> that you would spend your time and come in here you know an hour is not that long we all waste hours a week so it's just uh when you're going with them and you study with them you have to be prepared so it makes you study more and uh Everything that they're in there for, Jesus died for. Amen. We hear a lot of horrific stories about what goes on in prisons, and it is, prisons are a very ugly place. Very ugly, very dangerous. Um, one of uh, a fellow who wanted to be here today, Jeff Sadlack, who I met in prison, where he was incarcerated, uh, calls that the, the, the school of, of Satan, Satan's threshold, stronghold, uh, because uh, it's, a, it's an ugly, violent place. And you've probably heard, oh yeah, about drugs. Well, you can get any kind of drug you want, anytime you want, in state prison. Uh, a chaplain told me here about a month ago that they had two overdoses in the prison. And they had to call the, the guys with, the, was it Narcon? They give him a shot. That was in prison. So uh, it's, a, it's a pretty ugly place. But uh, we're supposed to be a light shining in the darkness, right? Amen. And uh, this is a great place to do it. Um, I'll tell you a story about this, this Jeff that was going to be here today. Uh, and Jeff is an old white guy like me. And he was incarcerated uh, in... Uh, or Cooper Street, and he became friends as much as you can become friends in prison. Because you don't make a lot of close friends in prison. You don't really make any close friends in prison. Uh, with a uh, about a 35-year-old young black guy. And they started studying together. And they were coming to the, to the I call it the church at Cooper Street. And, uh, uh, but they would study in their own time. And uh, I'm still not sure what will... Will was a young black man, uh, what his Adventist background was. Jeff had been a Christian all his life, but had never heard the Advent message. And uh, so they studied together, and, and Jeff, who was, was an, uh, an accountant, owned his own businesses, 
uh, was a very analytical guy. And he studied the Adventist message and the Bible and its truths and said, you know, wow, this is, this is right, this is the truth. So he became very close. Jeff and Will became very close. Jeff got out, and he was living in Jackson with his daughter, but he came up to Lansing, and we baptized him probably three years ago. Wes Peppers was our pastor then, and we baptized him. He's an active member. He wanted to be here today, but he just couldn't arrange it. So Will, still in prison for another year at least, and uh, we had said, Will, when you get out, you know, let us know, and we'll get with you and, and support you and, and, you know, do whatever we can. So Will finally got out. We knew his release date. And a couple months went by and we didn't hear from him. And one day I get a call from the church. We tell him, call the church and, and give us a, leave a phone number. They call him. Here's what happened. Jeff is a very well-connected guy. He took Will, who had been paroled back down in the hood, down in Detroit, right where he came out of, what are your chances down, you know, going back in that situation? He got Will's parole moved up into uh, wherever the city of Howell is, Howell, Michigan. Got him moved up there. Jeff got him enrolled in Cleary College. I don't know if you know, heard of Cleary College up there, business school. Got him a job, got him an apartment. Uh, right downtown Howell, an upper level, old, nice small place. All he had to do was walk downstairs, two doors, and he was in working in a restaurant. His first semester, which was last fall, he made a dean's list. This is after being incarcerated for 10 years. Amen. And he's still going strong. Good things can happen Amen. with the Lord's blessing. And, and uh, <laughs> I think I had, you know, the Lord used me in a little tiny way with this. And what a blessing. What a blessing. This is, uh, this is not why we do it, but it's a very gratifying, very gratifying uh, ministry because these people need you. And I want to tell you, you want to be on your game too. These, these people know their Bibles. They really know their Bibles. Sometimes I don't even open my Bible. Sometimes I don't even take my Bible in. I'll take it. Hey, I'm preaching out of the desire of ages or something. There's a couple of guys. Uh, I was going to say the name, but that's the wrong person. But uh, a guy down in Cooper named Tommy. Tommy, what's that verse? All i got to do is say two words of it. He's got it. He knows it. You know. But don't be intimidated by that because discussion. You don't have to have a sermon. You can just start talking about something. And, they, and if the pastor goes in, they go nuts because they got a thousand questions they want to ask the pastor. We do, uh, probably in the last year now, we, the pastor goes in once a quarter and we do communion with them. That's very special to us. That just means the world to them. Uh, to go in and do a communion service. Uh, I don't think I've thrown that out yet to them. I, I know baptism is... It's pretty rough. You, you guys tried to do a baptism. Yeah, we, they wouldn't let us do it. I wouldn't let you do it. They said, well, can't you just sprinkle some water? They have a little kiddie pool that, you know, you wouldn't be submerged in that. Yeah. Most Americans, they're too tall. The guy was, you know, he's over six feet tall. So yeah. He couldn't, you know, squat. No, he couldn't. couldn't, couldn't, couldn't no. too soon. 
So we just joined on a professional fee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the MDOC does not go out of their way at all to accommodate, you know, things like baptism or foot washing or, or anything like that. Uh, yes? Uh, my wife probably told you that we go to the Okeechobee. Mm -hmm. Okeechobee. We've had well over 100 baptisms at that place. Normally on a Sabbath, we usually get there, well, we used to get there about 11, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, somewhere along in there, and we're there until about 7, 8 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. We do the main camp, and then we do the, uh, the yeah, until 3 o'clock, and then we do yeah. the uh, Wow, you guys are making a day of it. The work camp. And we found that uh, uh, we started giving out uh, lesson quarterlies. Mm -hmm. Our church uh, purchased uh, pretty close to 100 uh, lesson quarterlies every quarter, and we passed them out to them, and, and uh, those things have been very rewarding. Yeah. In uh, discussing the Bible. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good study guide for them. Yeah. Well, they feel really a part of the church because Absolutely. they're baptized, but they're still there and they're they're studying the same Sabbath school lesson everybody yeah. in the world. What, what, yeah, in yeah. In camp, we've had up to 60 people in one room. I mean, it was just wall to wall people. Oh, that's wonderful. We were, we were over capacity. Yeah. For the, for the room. And, uh, the work camp, we usually have about 20. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's fantastic. It sounds like where you're at is much more liberal, open than we're than Michigan. If you, get, if you get 50, 60 guys in a room, that's, that's fantastic. And if you can stay all day, we're limited to an hour on, on Saturday afternoon and an hour one, one day a week in the evening. They get lumped a lot with a... Okay. Catholic. Okay. They take it all day. They, they can have it all day long. Oh, yeah. They get bumped quite often, particularly around holidays. Okay. Easter's, Thanksgiving's, Christmas and stuff. Yeah. And they get to bring food into them. We used to, but they cut us out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, one of the biggest things that will help you, because you, usually in Michigan you go through the chaplain. Don't ever try to call a warden or anything like that. Or You know, that's fruitless. Go through the chaplain, and uh, getting into a, when I first started, it was always the first one we ran into down to Coldwater. He was he didn't like Adventists, but right now at Cooper Street, the chaplain is an Adventist. We have that same problem. Our chaplain is not an Adventist. Yeah, that's why we get bumped a lot. Some some of them are okay, some are all right. You know, they're not prejudiced, but some of them are. And if you run into that, you just have to keep praying and and. Uh, uh, don't get upset with them because they cut you off real quick. Uh, so anyway, uh, what our status is, is volunteer. Volunteer status, we can go in and meet with this group. I cannot have any correspondence or meeting on one-on-one -on -one with any prisoner. That's strictly what volunteer status is. You just go in there. If they want to know some things or contact them when they get out, I say send a letter to the church or leave a voicemail, talk to the secretary of the church. Once they're on parole, then I can contact them and, and I'm in contact with four or five. Matter of fact, the Sabbath afternoon, there's going to be another guy, I guess, Sabbath school, uh, a former incarcerated guy, 
to give his testimony. And uh, in the afternoon, I'm going to have a, a guy here who's on parole who came out of uh, Cotton, Greg, who Rich went to school with. This guy went to uh, elementary school in Grand Ledge, Michigan, and he says those were the best years of my life. Even though home was a mess, going to the Adventist school, elementary school, was the best years of his life. And that's what those seeds planted back there threw him back. And when I, well, that's another whole long story. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good stories. You guys got a lot of good stories, I know. And uh, yeah, they're all in prison. They've all done something wrong. And, but we don't talk about that. We don't get into that. That's not what we're there for. And every now and then you'll have one that'll say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. This happened. This, my attorney's going to get me out. And, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you've all heard that. Uh, there are some good halfway houses. Grand Rapids. Somebody was from Grand Rapids here? You're from Grand Rapids. They've, they've got some great halfway houses down here. Um, Living Waters? Yeah, are you associated with that? Know about it? I know about it. Um, attended some of the meetings uh, in contact with some of them. Yeah, I've talked to a couple of guys on the phone. Uh, Gary, is, have you gone to any of those meetings? I was. Okay. And I, was, I saw some, uh, one of the cars out there had Strong Tower Radio. <laughs> I was trying to find, figure out who it was. But I, <laughs> it, it's not an Adventist organization, no. but it's a coalition of, of a lot of businesses and churches and stuff in the Grand Rapids area. They have three halfway houses, you call them. They deal a lot with sexual offenders, and because those guys have a tough time integrating back in, that's that, that's what every big city needs is this group. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great organization. I've referred a couple of, of fellows. They'll ask me, "Hey, can can you help me find a place to go?" I, well, no, I can't because I'm a volunteer and I can't can't have any back and forth with you personally, or I lose my volunteer status, and they'll cut you off just like that. And, uh, uh, but I say, I, I gave the, all the information for, for uh, ha uh, Living Waters uh, to the chaplain and told them that the chaplain's got it all, all the names and numbers, and you can contact them, and you can uh, uh, look up that way. About sexual offenders, uh, everybody needs to know about this. Because there's a lot of them out there, a lot of them out there, and uh, uh, that is a repulsive thing to all of us. But it is what it is. When one of these guys gets paroled, and he wants to come to your church, there are certain things you need to need to do. First of all, they're all on an electronic tether. They've got a bracelet they're wearing on the, their ankle. Their parole officer knows exactly where they're at all the time, and they're only allowed certain places. And so first of all, the parole officer has to give them permission to come to church. And some will and some won't. Parole officers are, they are, everyone's different. Some of them are good and some of them are really strict. And that's fine, we don't deal with that. Uh, if they get permission to come, they need to contact you and your pastor and have a meeting and sit down, and, and the Michigan Conference has a pamphlet 
maybe six, seven pages. That have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty strict. This is the way you'll come to church. You will have an escort at all times. Uh, we've had them come in and and, and uh, <clears throat> we meet them in the parking lot at the front door. We're with them all the time. They go to the bathroom. We go to the bathroom with them. We're with them all the time. That's to protect them and to protect our people. Okay. And uh, they sign this agreement. And the parole officer knows that. And uh, so we've had several. The parole officer will call and verify too. Yeah, yeah. I've got to, I've got to have Phil call Greg's parole officer uh, this week, give him permission to come here. Because they're not, they're not allowed to go anywhere where there's a school. So it's a school here. Lansing Church has a school connected to it. And... Uh, but they can go to church if there's no school in session. And uh, so uh, uh, this Greg, he he was in church a couple of weeks ago, and he went down in the gym for potluck because it was Lansing's 50th anniversary. There was a parole officer covering for his regular parole officer. His regular parole officer <coughs> had given permission for him to be there. The replacement didn't know that. He almost got yanked back in prison. They called me. They called Rich. Fortunately, they called his regular PO and uh, got that straightened out. So they're very straight. But anyway, that's how you handle sexual offenders. And uh, uh, I said, we've had a couple of them come into Lansing. And uh, I think, uh, Billy, you've had some up there too. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, did you? yeah, I, I, I talked to him several times. I understand he's not going to church here anymore. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He was kind of a knothead. I'm going to use that term. Uh, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, he was just a hard headed. Yeah. We had one at our church in Adrian. He came and we presented the paperwork, and he just refused to sign it. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, he, was, he was peculiar. Yeah. He wanted to sit in the office while they're counting time. Mm. When we presented the paperwork to him, he decided to go. Yeah. He went to another church and then called us a bunch of pigs. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's. You deal with it one one person at a time. When they sign, you know that they're they're for real. Yeah. They want to truly incorporate Christ into their life. If they don't want to sign, it just seems like they're there for yeah to use. Yeah, and and there are those out there who will take try and take advantage of you. Yeah. There are. So you just have to use full head. Uh, so if if uh, moving ahead here, if any of you are interested to become a volunteer at any facility in the state. I have the paperwork here and an envelope with a stamp on it. And I have a list of whatever particular prison you might be interested in going into. I, I'm guessing most of you have never been in a prison before. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's kind of an intimidating experience for first first time or two. Uh, when I first went into Jackson all by myself, 
You guys didn't know I was coming. I'd never been in here. You're walking into a room with a dozen guys. And they got no idea. You, you know. Whew. It was, it was a little scary. Very rewarding. Lord, <laughs> you're in this. You and I can do this together. But if you get into a prison, let's, let's say that, you know, you want to go. Well, women's prison. That's different. You can go into a men's prison. <clears throat> and there are some ladies to do. I would never go into a woman's prison, but uh, there's certainly a need there. But if, if need be, I'd be willing, <clears throat> I would go in with you, wherever you went in, if I could get the clearance. Just to, just to show you the way a couple times. Yeah, it's, it's better to go in pairs. <clears throat> it absolutely is. Jesus sent disciples out in pairs. And in the prison setting, it's, it's, it's good to go in in pairs. Uh, uh, if you're just going to somebody's house, it's a Bible study. It's good to go in pairs. You know, but... Women go to the men's prison. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the gal who got me started, Cindy, Cindy Smith, out of Coldwater. She was the one who was... Her family, her, her mom and dad had been in prison ministry for years. And uh, they were carrying a heavy load and... Uh, Doing other stuff, and they, they called the conference, and, and uh, how many volunteers can you have going together? Oh, we've had three, four going at once. Sometimes communion service, and we've got a couple guys that uh, they they don't re really participate a whole lot, a little bit. They just go in and sit down there, and and go back and sit with the guys, talk with them. But there's somebody coming in. They care. They care enough to come in. You cared enough to come and see me? You drove an hour to get to come here and, and see me, a criminal? Who nobody's cared about in X number of years? That's, that means a lot. Yeah, six or seven. It seemed like it was more of us sometimes than it was them. Yeah, yeah. You may, like I said, you got to have five people. Yeah. I used to go to the Juno prison up in Alaska. And uh, I was the only one that was going. Mm -hmm. Nobody in the other church would volunteer to go. Gotta be careful though, it can burn you out. It can, it can. Yeah. If you can, you set up a program with somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Three or four people and so take turns maybe. Yeah, we do that. Rich and I and, and we got four or five others in Lansing Church, we do that. If you have if you go every week because they start expecting somebody to be there, and if you're not there, it kind of gets things out of it gets discouraging for them. Yeah, well, it gets discouraging, but yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, it's not edgy. It's just you have a system. You have a uh, uh, expected that somebody's going to be there. Yeah. If you don't show up, then they may not be there until the next Sabbath or time down the road. Oh yeah. And so you need to be consistent. Yeah. I, that's what I found. I don't know. Yeah. It's because you've got too big a heart. That's why. Uh, yeah. You care too much. Yeah. But you do need to switch back and forth. Schedule. Uh, I, I agree. I've been called to share as a blessing. A What's that? Of, a lot of people don't realize what a blessing it could be going in there. It is a blessing, but you still have family, you still have right. friends yeah. at home you need to associate with oh, yeah. periodical time. And so you need cooperation with the other church members, otherwise, you will get burnt out. At least I did. Yeah, oh, chaplains. yeah, I, I sure you will. And are those chaplains that are, uh, were you going in on the Sabbath, are they all? Are they working that day? The chaplain where we go, 
She's no, not there on the Sabbath. Yeah. I, 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 oh, that's wow. I might have yeah. seen Chaplain once in El Cachobe, but I never saw him in Juno. I told him Sabbath was about one of the worst days for me to go in there. Oh, it is, because it cuts into your Sabbath activity. Yeah. yeah. And uh, invariably, invariably, when I uh, told my wife first week, I said, yeah, I think I'll go down to Jackson this, this Sabbath. She said, fine. The next day, somebody will call and say, hey, we want you guys to come over for potluck after, after church. Sorry, I'm going down to Jackson. So you, you do miss things. It takes commitment, whether it's during the week. I would love to. I would love to do that, but it's just you got to do all the, they got to have all the paperwork and stuff. We've got a half a dozen people that go into the to, to Cotton and Cooper down in, in uh, Jackson, and it's still uh, we still don't get anybody people in there every week. Uh, but both of these groups have an organized leader, and they're not dependent upon us. They have a service, whether we're there or not. But yeah, I feel the call. I think I'd be there every Sabbath if, if I didn't have other other obligations because it is such a blessing to do it. And those guys are so grateful. Uh, it started out, you know, the orientation, they'll tell you, okay, you can shake hands with them, but that's all. Gotcha. These guys give me a, they give us a big hug, man, when we come and when we leave. <laughs> you know? And uh, most of them do, not all of them. But uh, anyway, uh, any other questions about being a volunteer in Michigan? I can't speak to Florida because they're all different. We're all different. Even in Michigan, each one's a little different. Uh, they're the same but different. And uh, <laughs> yes, it does. I went down. I went down to Cotton last Sabbath, and uh, uh, I got there. And you go up to the desk and sign in and tell them you're a volunteer. And they said, oh, I'm sorry, the state computers have been down since 11 o'clock. I don't know when they'll be back up. So they can't get in and get, get my info that I'm legal and legit. I drove 50 minutes down to Jackson and waited about a half an hour and turned around and went home. And another time I went down, it was quarantined because of the flu. Uh, but it takes commitment. But anything we do, uh, should we not be committed to God and and the spreading of the gospel and reaching out to those specifically that he said he visited me in prison. This is Satan's stronghold. It's prison. And you need to be a light. Yes. Do you know of any similar programs for juvenile detention centers? Um, I don't know. Billy? There used to be what they, in Michigan, boot camp. Uh, but that was for uh, kids, young offenders. Uh, that's been done away with. Budget cuts. Budget, you know, budget cuts. Uh, Ken Smith worked there. Ken Smith is a, a member of our church, Lansing, and uh, he uh, he was a corrections officer and worked at the boot camp. And when we when we go in now, Ken's hey, you know, he knows all the guards because he was a guard. Uh, I don't know what there is. You know, uh, you can get on the MDOC's website, see if there's something there. Uh, I have a list here I'll share with you when, when we're done of all of chaplains' names. You can contact them and see what's going on. Um, all I can tell you is, is what I heard Cameron say. You don't learn how to swim by standing on the land. You have to get into it. 
And it's not something you can learn on a piece of paper. Yeah. A few years back, I was here at the camp meeting. I can't remember, but uh, we were doing the historicals. Mm -hmm. And so we, the chaplain is supposed to preview those. Yeah. And I heard of somebody that joined the church because they were previewing the, uh, the, the DVDs of Doug Bashman. Yeah. The chaplain became a Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah, what well, could happen? So I was telling, you know, I was telling our, the mic that goes in. I, well, he didn't, couldn't go out there and go somewhere. Yeah, let Anna. She didn't preview. She sat there and watched it with him. Yeah. Which is still just. Yeah, yeah. We had a chaplain do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, depending on the, how much of the chaplain trusts you, uh, you know, everything's got to go through them. Uh, but now I know you guys do, and I've done this. All of us probably got libraries at home with a bunch of. Adventist paperback books and hardcover books that we put on a shelf and they just collect dust. I gathered up a dozen, 15 of those here a while back and put them in a bag, take them to the front desk, write the chaplain's name on and what group it goes to and they'll take it to the chaplain and he'll give it to the guy. Uh, but it all depends on the chaplain. It all depends on the chaplain. This question, I, I haven't been into a prison or a mission, but uh, are you allowed to bring books, literature and stuff in with you when you go in? Or yeah, we can bring our Bible in or I come in with a, hi, uh, with a uh, Desire of Ages or, and, and they, they check it, but you got everything you take in, you got to take back out. Yeah. Yeah, I can't take in a bunch of stuff. Like you can take the historicals in. Yeah. Tom? Yeah. Yeah. One thing I take in, which I've been told not to do, but I do it anyway, I always come from church, Sabbath, and I take in a church bulletin. Hmm. And the guys eat that up. Really? Yeah, because, okay, this is your church. This is something on the church in Lansing. This is, and you're the church at Cooper Street or Cotton. They just love re reading through that and seeing the activities, things. They're connected. They're connected. Now I've been told, well, you shouldn't do that because there are names and phone numbers in there. Give me. Yeah, they don't have phones. But I take that bulletin out when I leave. Yeah. Can, can you bring uh, DVDs in to watch? Like, no, they have to go through the chaplain. They have to go through. Uh, in Michigan, there's only two approved vendors to send stuff in by. You know, I, uh, uh, Amazing Facts. You know, I, I can order stuff out of there and it'll go directly in. And that's, they're okay. And uh, the Michigan ABC. We'll send stuff down. Pardon me? Just Cooper Street and uh, just the Jacksonville? Yeah, it's Cooper Cotton. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm not wrong. I said, no, we've never heard of the Adventist Book Center. ABC, oh, I send stuff in there all the time. Yeah. Well, not to those two, it wasn't. It was a, a different person in Michigan. Okay, yeah. Well, it, it is approved, and, and if, you know, if you have trouble, you get with a chaplain and you, okay, this is on the approved list, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it's a process, and, and it's constantly changing, constantly changing, and you just you roll with it because you're not going to tell the MDOC what to do. Uh, they'll tell you what to do, but most of the guards are, are cooperative, and they know without volunteers coming in, these guys would be a lot tougher to handle because uh, we give them something. Well, Gary and I just went to there. I don't know how many other prisons have them. 
volunteer appreciation. Yeah, yeah, I, I came to that last one with you. That's right, yeah, you did. And, and they were saying that, uh, that it used to be 52,000 yeah. uh, prisoners in the Michigan system. Yeah. I guess through that, uh, they call the reentry program. Yeah, and yeah. Clear and other programs is down to 38,000. Yeah. And yeah. I was surprised that the warden is actually there from Dustin Creek. He goes, you know, it seems like it'd be counterproductive because. He knows he's not going to work him out of a job in any way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. That's good. Um, and then, you know, everybody wants to do something on a grand scale. Yeah. If, you know, if one of those guys goes home and becomes the priest in his family, it's yeah. a lot of people, you know, it just, you know, each one reach one, each one teach one. Yeah. So if, if it's just one that goes home yeah. and, you know, it's got three or four kids or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You save souls one, one soul at a time. Once all of the time. Uh, we're running out of time. Uh, finances. Um, some of us belong to big churches like Lansing, some of them small churches. Uh, we keep this before the church about every two, three months. We have personal ministries moment just before the uh, beginning of church service. And we'll present presentations. What's been going on? What's happened? All these stories that come out of it. Uh, the Lansing Church has been very supportive. You know, uh, you know, if you if you want to support this, mark your tithe envelope. Prison Ministries, very very supportive. I don't have I we don't have any problem with uh, if they if some place calls not just the ones we go into some other place calls prison calls. Hey, we need some Bibles in our here. Then uh, uh, okay, I can do that. You know, so. Uh, Tom. I'm just curious, and this is almost a, a home run pitch. Okay. But um, what does the church think about the personal ministries? How is it received by the congregation? For prison ministries, yeah. or just uh, very well, very well. I've had people come to me and say, "Oh, my brother, my nephew is in prison. I'm going to give to prison ministries." Very supportive, and they'll ask me. And uh, are they rejoicing with you when? Yes, yeah. When, when well, Jeff, when he came in and was baptized, that was a, a high Sabbath, and, and they welcomed him. Um, the first sexual offender that came in, there was some a little pullback, but we assured them. We went through all the process with the church and the people, and uh, yeah. I was uh, one of the prisoners that uh, you know we were working with. And he was going to Central, and he had a had a told us to listen to this. YouTube sermon by pastors uh, Bob Stewart mm -hmm. from the Central Church about lepers, about lepers. Yeah, and that's how prisoners are sometimes treated like they have lepers. Yeah. He said, "What if all of us went to church and we had a rap sheet and on the door, yeah, our sins, just like this lady? He showed the lady gave an example. She was it. Like, that's it. Yeah. What if everything we did was up there so everybody could see it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> called called the book of yeah. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So this class, this meeting is over in six minutes. I have all the information, uh, paperwork. If you want to pick a prison, I got the addresses and the chaplain's name, and uh, we can do that uh, after class. And uh, I, we, whoever's near us, will will do whatever we can to help you. And uh, if you want to contact me, just uh, call the conference office. And uh, 
or I'll give you my phone number here. Uh, I have had people just call me out of the blue that I had never even heard of and want to know what, you know, can I help? Can you do this? Can you get this into my brother? Can you get do this? And, and just information. There's not a lot of information out there. If one of your loved ones all of a sudden gets thrown in jail, most people, where would you go? Who would you talk to? You know, how do I do this? Just to be a visitor. You've got to get on their visitor list to begin with. You've got to show up at the right time with ID and all that stuff. So, uh, uh, Strong Tower Radio, Tom Azure. How many listen to Strong Tower Radio? Okay. Tom has, has uh, allowed I, we, uh, uh, several interviews. interviews on Strong Tower. Maybe some of you have heard it. Uh, and uh, I've just been amazed to see how I've known Rod over the years, but when he got involved in prison ministries, it's just it just turned. He's a to totally different person in some way. In a, well, I wasn't bad before. Wasn't right? bad before, but it's just been amazing. As it was, it, it's brought he brought him a lot. Yeah, he's, he's come to life. He always yeah. had life, but yeah. he's just gone to the next level. Well, I had your son in archery, so that yeah. 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 Uh, um, it's great. It's a blessing. It needs to be done. So. Uh, I would urge you to look into it. Maybe talk to some other people in your church. Hey, can we partner and do this together? This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.